I'm Kate Woodward, married to the lovely Neil Woodward. I don't know whether I should start singing this week, as Neil started singing last week, but he ended his sermon with a song. Maybe towards the end of uh, my talk, I will sing. But those who missed it, do I don't know, it's on the, uh, the video. You know, you can play it back. What did you sing, darling? A, a song that most people didn't know. Anyway, he sang it beautifully. A very good morning to you. Are you out there? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good. Let's have the first slide up. This is our, our most um, beautiful scripture. Can you see that? Ephesians four fifteen to 16. I did this for my, one of my pieces for my final year of dance. And I loved doing it. It was about the body of Christ all of what we need, each part, playing its part, but Jesus at the head. And I loved doing it. It was one of my special dance pieces that I did. And the reason why I brought it up so we can talk about it is that this church is made up of incredible, credible people. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're incredible. <laughs> and then stop and come back. You're not meant to say any more than that. And I'm here today to tell you, to get this Sunday morning service off the on up and going, as well as you know, there are a lot of people behind the scenes doing a lot of wonderful work. Yeah, let's give them a shout out, absolutely. And I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all who are involved. Hands up who are involved in some kind of... Um, set up team or setting up or house group or serving. Hands up if any of you are doing that in here. And there's a lot of you who obviously need to join some set up or teams or anything like that. But behind the scenes and part of this church, we have an amazing group of trustees, which some of them I know are in Vineyard Kids serving this morning. And also there are groups of people serving. So we've had the band who've been here since eight, who've set up, played the band, and then they have to set down. And then we have the people, the coffee team. We have the prayer team. We have the Vineyard Kids team. We have the mother and baby room team. We have the car parking team. We have the coffee team. We have all sorts. People, not just only people that goes on here. We have the yard, goes on the yard. We have the people that are on all the food bank teams the Zozo teams, all the teams, and I probably will forget some of the teams, but all I'm saying is a huge thank you to all of you who serve your socks off to make this whole church just able to move. You are part of the body of Christ, which makes the whole body be able to come together and receive and to praise Jesus together. And it is a wonderful thing. It really is a wonderful thing. And Neil and I are incredibly thankful. And I just wanted to say also, we also, as if you're new to here, we have a wonderful staff team. And I just wanted to, Manny's here. Stand up, Manny. Manny and Sinead, his wife, lead the Vineyard Kids. And where's Mike? Our lovely Mike. Is he in the room? Mike, look. Why are you way back there, Mike? Mike, stand up, honey. Mike is married to lovely Lindsay, and he is like our operations manager, and he keeps us all what we're supposed to be doing, when we're supposed to be doing it. He's amazing. That's the only part. We've got the Helen Kite over here. Miss Helen, I'm looking. And Helen is our administration, so she is wonderful too. She keeps us all organized in, our, in the office, and she's absolutely wonderful. And we have Sophie. Sophie, miss him here. Is she here? 
Yes, lovely Sophie. I'm just showing you these lovely people that are part of the team. I've, I've forgotten James Wade, but he's away on holiday, so he doesn't count at the moment. <laughs> he's somewhere lovely and hot. Have I forgotten anyone else? Char- and lovely, our, la- our last and love least, last and not least, uh, last and not least uh, member of the staff is Charlie Knorr. And he can't, he's, in, he's not in here, he's in the youth team. So he's busy away. But I just wanted to highlight one person to you this morning. And we will be doing this from time to time. He's been serving on Setup for six years. And um, Setup team is, I don't know if, if any of you have been on it, but it's in a massive work. Um, you have to be here really quite early. And you're setting up all the banners and you're making sure that coffee's on and blah, 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 and everything's up. So uh, he's, he's been doing that for six years, serving us week in, weekend, standing, standing in for other people as well. He's married. He doesn't know I'm doing this. So it's going to be a shock. Uh, he's mar- I'm going to give uh, away so he might suddenly work out who it is. He's married. He's got a lovely wife called Kerry. And he has two lovely daughters. Please give a very big, warm welcome and a big thank you to Dylan Thomas. gift to say thank you. Hold on, don't go. No, no, don't go. Um, Just really, I'm really sorry about that. I've been rehearsing, Dylan, um, Campbell, Campbell, Campbell. And I said Thomas. So anyway, how long, how many years have you been in this church? When we were here, so 2006 or seven. So So 10 years. years. And how long have you been serving your socks off doing the setup? Um, more than half of that. So, yeah, probably about seven or eight years. And do you enjoy doing that? Yeah. I enjoy it because it's kind of out of the way, behind the scene. Behind the scene. So what I'm doing to you is like right head and forefront. But I, I, we wanted to do it because, you know, it's people like you who make that sacrifice for us every morning and your family to, and to come and serve. And we just wanted to say thank you. So thank you. All right. God bless. Right, you lovely lot. Let's get on. Who knows what's happening tomorrow? It's Monday, yes? What is happening tomorrow? Yes, you remembered. It's prayer week. So hold on, it's prayer week. There we go. It starts tomorrow and it finishes next Sunday. And the aim of doing prayer week is to highlight the uh, highlight prayer and let us together be intentional about praying. Let's pray. We can pray for the church, the churches all around. You can pray for the churches in your local community. You can pray for students, for the older, elderly in your community. You can pray for anyone you like in your community. But it's time. We're going to be intentional next week and to start the new year being intentional about prayer. 
In the beginning of the new year, we do really need to pray. I cannot stress how important to you, to you that prayer is. Karl Barth says, to clasp our hands in prayer is the beginning of a new uprising against a new disorder of the world. So, so important to pray. There was just one thing that the disciples only asked Jesus to teach them. Just one thing. And that one thing was to teach us to pray, Lord. Because they had watched Jesus and realized that there was a direct correlation between spending time with the Father and then between prayer and then power and miracles. So the Lord would go off, the disciples would watch the disciples go off and he'd spend time with the Father and come back and then do amazing miracles. When we spend time alone with God, he meets us. We can never be the same again. Prayer is a life with God. It is a conversation with God. Wherever you want to have it, anywhere is possible, everywhere is permissible, just do it. In your way, in your own style, walk with God Walk with God in the cool of the day, and like Genesis 3, 3. The goal is to live with God, to be joyful, thankful, and to walk with the Father and enjoy his company. But also to know that your prayers, all your prayers, the small ones, the big ones, the little ones, the waving the hands ones, they are all important, and they all make a difference. He sees all, he hears all, and he is present. God wants you to know that he is so close, close as the air up against your skin. I'm aware, as I'm talking this morning, that just the mention of the word father causes some people such great heartache for many, many different reasons. Maybe your father has passed away. Maybe he has not been around much. Maybe he's hurt you deeply. And to you, this heavenly father seems so abstract. Someone that you can't really touch, you can't really fathom, you can't really understand. But I am here to tell you this morning that God is love. 1 John John 4 verse 9. He sent his one and only son in the world that we might have life through him. This is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I can tell you that nothing in him, nothing in him is false or warped. I knew personally, I knew the father in my head, but strangely, I could not see him. I read the word before I knew God in my heart, but I had this overriding conviction that God was good. 
And I kept pressing into worship, and I spent most of the time in tears when I first arrived at this church. And it's certainly a battle worth fighting. We're all on a journey to see God as he truly should be seen together. This prayer week, let me encourage you to start the day with the Lord and to finish your day with the Lord. Seek him with all your heart, and he will be found by you. The Father, the Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, adores you, knows you, cares about you, watches over you, restores you. I cannot stress enough that the Father in heaven is who he says he is. And Lord, I pray this day, this moment, this hour, that those who are perhaps grieving or in loss or in pain who cannot see you as you are supposed to be seen, Lord, would you bring them clarity and understanding and vision and restoration and guidance that you would show them that you are God who cares, a God who's not going to be there one day and gone the next, a God who's not going to lift a hand and cause any pain. Lord, open up the heavens. Open up the heavens so we can see you clear. Go deep within our hearts this day. Go deep, God. For we want to see you truly as you are supposed to be seen, the Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. It's so funny, this last week, I've been preparing the last couple of weeks, and uh, I sort of got like three sermons all in one, so you're very fortunate this morning. And uh, so I'm sort, of, I'm sort of changing gears now a little bit. So I, I really wanted to talk about that, and I felt like the Lord highlighted to me about talking about the Father, but now I'm changing gears slightly and talking about something slightly different. The Fellowship of the Believers. There is a change of season, a season happening. We've turned into the new year. It is still winter, so we cannot see, and we are limited by the light. But there is a lot of things happening underground. The kingdom is coming. New growth is awakening. The Lord is saying, look and see, I'm doing a new thing. As you can see by the scripture above, 
the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is such an amazing passage. Such depth in it. I just want to set the scene. This is from Acts chapter 2. And before I go into this passage, this, these few sentences, let me just set the scene for you. So you know, if you, if you haven't read Acts perhaps, or if you haven't read it for a while, let me just set what's going on. Up to this point in Acts, Jesus appeared to the disciples over 40 days and 40 nights. And the risen Christ teaches them many truths about the kingdom of God. It makes you wonder what he's been doing with them because he's been doing it for the last three years. What he's telling them in the last 40 days and 40 nights is that he had not told them before. But there's something about his glorified condition that he was able to reveal truths that they would not be able to comprehend while he was still with them on earth. How often did Jesus say, there are many things I want to tell you, but I can't explain them to you now. Luke twenty four twenty five. Jesus opened their understanding to understand the scriptures. And he was able to teach them infallible truths concerning the kingdom. And then in Acts 1, 5, go to Jerusalem and wait until you receive power from on high. And it continues, the disciples ask, you know, the disciples ask, will you now restore the kingdom to, of Israel? And Jesus says, Acts 1, 7, verse 8, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so they go to Jerusalem, they rent an upper room, and they all joined constantly in prayer. And this is the disciples, Mary, Jesus' mother. They all got to Jerusalem and went upstairs and prayed together. And they also sorted out family business. Well, they sorted out the 12 disciples. So Judas, who wasn't very helpful, changed to Matthias. And then in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit falls. And they gather together all in one place. And tongues of fire come upon them. They speak in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. And of course, it caused such a stir that the Jews going to worship to celebrate Pentecost see this bunch rolling and rattling around as they assume they're all drunk, which is why Peter gets up and says, we are not drunk as you suppose, it's only nine in the morning. No, what this is, is Joel's prophecy. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billow of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Peter stands up. But let me just tell you about Peter. Peter, before, a couple of weeks before, had been crying like a baby because he had lied and cursed and denied even knowing Jesus. And then he stands up on his feet, explaining to a huge crowd that something had happened which had changed the world forever. What had God had done for him, what God had done for Peter, Peter was beginning to do it for the whole world. God had given Peter new life. He had given Peter forgiveness, new hope and power. He was opening up like spring flowers after a long winter. A new age had begun in which the living God was going to do new things in the world. And it was for everyone. And Peter stands up. You can imagine the scene. It was open air. Hundreds and thousands of people gathered. And Peter goes on to, to preach a most wonderful sermon. I, if I can, if you want to just read Acts, it would just take you an hour. Just read it. Get involved in the scriptures. It is incredible. And Peter goes on to talk about who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and what he came to do. And then in verse 37, they say, what shall we do? And he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all of whom the Lord our, our God will call. And then verse 39, those that accepted the message were baptized and 3,000 were added to their number daily. 3,000. And so the church was born in a single day. What Jesus said would happen in Matthew 16, verse 13 to 19. I will build my church on this rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail it. Verse 42 comes, the fellowship of the believers. And so the church was born. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And the Lord started to add to their number daily. These four parts go together. We cannot do one without the other. We cannot do bread and breaking of bread and prayer and leave out knowing the scriptures and fellowship. These are four parts, elements that are part of the church. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the word, to constant lifelong Christian teaching. They learned from one another. They learned about the scriptures from people who had known Christ for longer. But in the word, there is great power, great power to change lives. And every time I open up the word, the Bible, I am so surprised. And every time I just keep thinking, why don't I do this more? It is so powerful. It's so transforming. It sets me on the right path. It's like my plumb line. 
we must never forget to get into the scriptures. And my question to you today would be, how are you getting the word in you this new year? Are you doing Bible in a year? Have you got a great app on your phone that gives you a bit of scriptures each day? A little a bit every day is so helpful. Do you set yourself a task of reading a psalm, reading Isaiah, doing something towards learning the Bible? Do you get a, um, and go deeply into one book? And I'd encourage you this year to set aside, ask the Lord which book to do and go into it, look into it, read up about it and get to know the Word. The Word is powerful. It is so important to us as Christians to have it in us. And now to fellowship. The meaning of fellowship in the dictionary, especially with people, is is friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests, living life together. And as small groups start next week, I'm just trying to get... As small groups start next week in the flyers, do get involved. Do sign up to a house group. This is where you'll be known This is where you'll be seen. This is where you'll get connected. Without fellowship, it's so easy to become isolated. It's so easy to feel lonely in a crowded room. And maybe there are people here who feel lonely in this room. We all need fellowship. No one doesn't need fellowship. We need fellowship in the church and out of the church. We all need to be known. I remember when I first arrived here, and some of you might know the story and others won't, I needed to be known. And I arrived and I stood at the back smoking like a chimney. And, uh, and that, was, that was, how many years ago? I'm 50 this year. And uh, that was 29 years ago, many years ago. And we were back then, we were back in a small school down in Rains Park. And I needed to be known. And I remember I, I gave off the impression that I didn't need to be known because, you know, I was, smoke, there was like, keeping the smoke between people and me. And I, and, uh, but I was 21, I was coming into my finals, and I was pretty burnt by life, and I just wanted to be known by the Lord. But I really wanted to know if the Lord was real. So I would stand at the back and smoke, and then I remember lovely Ginny Cry would come to me each week, and she goes, you know, Kate, the Lord loves you. And I go, really? And she goes, yes, the Lord loves you. And, uh, and that would go on for a couple of months. And um, I stopped smoking the back, but I still stood at the back. And um, I just would wait. And then the Lord just, I just knew that this is what I've been looking for. And I ran to the front and I received Christ. And um, I had never looked back since. But I needed to be known. So then I got myself into a house group. But it takes courage It takes courage to be known. It takes courage to get in fellowship. Or if you look in the Bible, there are many people who are who needs courage in the Bible. Joshua and the Lord says, Do not be afraid. This is part of the church. We need to be known. We need to be in fellowship. We need to be devoted to the scriptures. And then now to the breaking of bread. The breaking of the bread, which you'll find here at the front, on my left and my right. It is grape juice, it's not wine. 
The way we do it here is we just take a bit of the bread and dip it in. But what it symbolizes is so powerful. It couldn't become uh, like a, um, something that we just do by pilot. But it's not. It's a time when we take stock. We take the bread, which is the body of Christ, and we take the grape juice as the blood of Christ. Do you know how many miracles, how many people have been found, feel like they met with Christ as they take communion? How many people have connected with the Lord? Even you probably have all got stories to tell about that. The connection of Christ. This this Christmas time, everyone had gone to bed, and we have a, a fireplace in our house. And can you hear me? And uh, and the Lord said to me, "Oh, Kate, just um, just hold back and spend some time with me." So I I I hadn't really. I had. I, it was Christmas time. A period being stressful, you know, stressful, busy, and everything else. So everyone else had gone to bed. The embers of the fire were going down, and I I felt like I would take the Lord's supper. So I took the Lord's supper. And I knelt in front of the fireplace. And I'm just telling you, not to show off that's what I do, but to tell you this is how, this is life. And, um, and it's not showing off to kneel before the Lord anyway. <laughs> but I sat down and I, I knelt before the Lord and I said, Lord, I give you this year, my 50th year. I know a few of my, my closest friends in this church are 50. We're all approaching it together this year. And I give you this year. But I give it to you, God. And it was a very poignant moment for me, handing over the reins to God, handing it over and allowing him in. The early Christian term for the simple meal that took them back to the upper room in remembrance of Jesus. We remember Jesus when we break the bread. We remember what he's done for us and we give him thanks. It's an important part We devote ourselves to the scriptures. We're in fellowship. We break bread together or alone. And finally, we come to prayer. As I've already mentioned, it is prayer week next week. And the reason why we are being intentional about prayer is that there is so much to pray for. So much to pray for. Even us being here today in utter freedom to worship the Lord. In utter freedom. When they're across the globe, there are Christians being persecuted. Even if you just raised your voice and pray for the persecuted church every every day. If even for this week you just you said the Lord's Prayer every day. But going back to the beginning, it's important to have a relationship with the Father. It's important to have a relationship with Jesus. It's important to walk in the cool of the day, to, to push back the sounds, the noise, and to press in. This prayer week, I would encourage you You are not bound by me to pray massive, massive prayers. 
you are not bound by me to, um, unless you call to intercede for the world. But you are, I'm asking to you this week to be intentional about your relationship with Jesus, with your relationship with the Father. Seek first the kingdom of God. Even if you cannot see him, even if you just don't know or you just feel like he's not going to even know me, get, oh, press into that. Go over that hurdle. Go over that mountain. Don't let that stop you this week. Seek first the kingdom of God. And I promise you, if you say to me, Kate, what does that mean? Seek first the kingdom of God. Put a worship music on. Seek him. Seek the Lord. And he will be found by you. I promise you. So we can pray for Southwest. We can pray for the communityism. We can pray for London, our country. We can pray for the politicians. M. Bound says this, walking with God down the avenue of prayer, we acquire something of his likeness and unconsciously we become witnesses to others of his beauty and his grace. We're all longing consciously or not for stillness as we need to take steps to make it part of our lives. There are so many ways we can pray. All engagement starts with amazement. All true asking starts with basking in God's goodness. Whenever people do all these things, press into the scriptures, fellowship and the Lord's Supper, but fail to pray. We are forgetting that Christians are heaven and earth people. And we want to be swept up in this pattern of teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer that new dimensions would open up for us. New vistas of how the world might be suddenly become visible awestruck like Luke says how it was in the beginning everyone was filled with awe and that awe was increased as the power of the spirit was at work through the apostles as it had been with Jesus to heal and transform lives and many miraculous signs were done by the apostles when I became a Christian when you became a Christian we become all ministers a royal priesthood were sons and daughters of the living God. And one of the, most, one of the vineyard's most core values is that everyone gets to play. And if we read in this passage, they did all these things in the temple courts and their homes. They did all these things in the temple courts and in their homes. They devoted themselves to the scriptures in the temple courts. They had fellowship in the temple courts. They took bread in the temple courts. And they prayed in the temple courts. At home, in people's homes, in student digs, wherever you are, wherever is your home, they devoted themselves to the scriptures. They had fellowship. They took bread. They prayed. Nothing contains you to church. It is at the temple place and at home.
And the Lord added to their number daily. We have to do all these things with the backdrop of a church with no walls. I love the fact that Peter spoke out in the open to all these people. He stood up and gave that prophecy, that charge. All men will dream dreams. But it was outside so all could hear. We mustn't become closed cleats in our house groups. We must always make a leave a space for people to come in, to join, to come in and join. I always, if, you're, if you knew me at all, and my people on the staff team know me a little bit, well, they know me quite well, is that when I walk into the office, I always say, open the windows. I can't bear stuffy rooms. I just need lots of fresh air. And somehow fresh air keeps us sort of awake and alert and, uh, and just open to what's going on in the spirit. So I can imagine, if you imagine Peter talking to all these hordes of people and, you know, he's standing and saying who Jesus was, who he was and who he is, and people stopped and listened. It was a profound moment. But the world, for the church no walls, the world can see in. And we, what they will see is a people worshipping the Lord worshipping their king, devouting themselves to the scripture, to be in fellowship with one another, to be known as one another, to taking the bread, the bread of life together, and to pray together. For Jesus is the center of this church. He is now, he has been for the last 30 years, and he will continue to be so. We thank you, Lord, for this new year. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done in this church the last 30 years. We thank you, Lord, and we turn and look towards the next, that we will be built on generations to generations, that we would continue to grow a church where their younger families and the younger children will see the king and the kingdom. They will see how it is to be in fellowship. They will see how it is to break bread. They will see how it is to devote devote themselves to scriptures. They will see how it is to pray as they will see people around them doing so. Let us not forget these parts that are in Acts 2, the fellowship of the believers, because this is the core of the church, and this is what we've been called to do. So why don't we stand? We're going to pray. Let's have Jart back. Shark and the band.
what we're going to do is that we've got a little bit of time before um, people have to go and get the vineyard kids, the kids this morning. So we're just going to worship together right now. And then what we're going to do is we're going to see what the Lord specifically would like us to pray for. Now, if you feel like you've got a word or a picture or a verse you feel like you need to share after the, the, a song, we'll have the song first and then they can come up and share that. So um, let's just worship together now and then I'll come back up and if you have a word, do come down and share it.